Chapter Four, Part Four of Supplements to the First Book, First Half The Doctrine of the Idea of Perception From the World as Will and Idea, Volume Two by Arthur Schopenhauer. Translated by R. B. Haldane and J. Kemp. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. The Doctrine of the Idea of Perception, Chapter Four On Knowledge a Priori part four notes to the annexed table one to number four of matter the essence of matter is acting it is acting itself in the abstract thus acting in general apart from all difference of the kind of action it is through and through causality on this account it is itself as regards its existence not subject to the law of causality and thus has neither come into being nor passes away for otherwise the law of causality would be applied to itself since now causality is known to us a priori the conception of matter as the indestructible basis of all that exists can so far take its place in the knowledge we possess a priori inasmuch as it is only the realization of an a priori form of our knowledge for as soon as we see anything that acts or is causally efficient it presents itself eo ipso as material and conversely anything material presents itself as necessarily active or causally efficient they are in fact interchangeable conceptions therefore the word actual is used as synonymous with material and also the greek kat energeion in opposition to kata dunamin reveals the same source her energeia signifies action in general so also with actu in opposition to potentia and the english actually for wirklich what is called space occupation or impenetrability and regarded as the essential predicate of body that is of what is material is merely that kind of action which belongs to all bodies without exception the mechanical it is this universality alone by virtue of which it belongs to the conception of body and follows a priori from this conception and therefore cannot be thought away from it without doing away with the conception itself it is this i say that distinguishes it from any other kind of action such as that of electricity or chemistry or light or heat kant has very accurately analyzed this space occupation of the mechanical mode of activity into repulsive and attractive force just as a given mechanical force is analyzed into two others by means of the parallelogram of forces but this is really only the thoughtful analysis of the phenomenon into its two constituent parts the two forces in conjunction exhibit the body within its own limits that is in a definite volume while the one alone would diffuse it into infinity and the other alone would contract it to a point notwithstanding this reciprocal balancing or neutralization the body still acts upon other bodies which contests its space with the first force repelling them and with the other force in gravitation attracting all bodies in general so that the two forces are not extinguished in their product as for instance two equal forces acting in different directions or plus e and minus e or oxygen and hydrogen in water that impenetrability and gravity really exactly coincide is shown by their empirical inseparableness 
and that the one never appears without the other although we can separate them in thought i must not however omit to mention that the doctrine of kant referred to which forms the fundamental thought of the second part of his metaphysical first principles of natural science thus of the dynamics was distinctly and fully expounded before kant by priestley in his excellent disquisitions on matter and spirit section one and two a book which appeared in seventeen seventy seven and the second edition in seventeen eighty two while kant's work was published in seventeen eighty six unconscious recollection may certainly be assumed in the case of subsidiary thoughts flashes of wit comparisons etc but not in the case of the principal and fundamental thought shall we then believe that kant silently appropriated such important thoughts of another man and this from a book which at that time was new or that this book was unknown to him and that the same thought sprang up in two minds within a short time the explanation also which kant gives in the metaphysical first principles of natural science first edition page eighty eight rosencrantz's edition page three eighty four of the real difference between fluids and solids is in substance already to be found in kaspar frieder wolf's theory of generation berlin seventeen sixty four page one thirty two but what are we to say if we find kant's most important and brilliant doctrine that of the ideality of space and the merely phenomenal existence of the corporeal world already expressed by maupertuis thirty years earlier this will be found more fully referred to in frauenstedt's letters on my philosophy letter fourteen maupertuis expresses this paradoxical doctrine so decidedly and yet without adducing any proof of it that one must suppose that he also took it from somewhere else it is very desirable that the matter should be further investigated and as this would demand tiresome and extensive researches some german academy might very well make the question the subject of a prize essay now in the same relation as that in which kant here stands to priestley and perhaps also to caspar wolf and maupertuis or his predecessor laplace stands to kant for the principal and fundamental thought of laplace's admirable and certainly correct theory of the origin of the planetary system which is set forth in his exposition du système du monde book five chapter two was expressed by kant nearly fifty years before in seventeen fifty five in his naturgeschichte und theorie des himmels and most fully in seventeen sixty three in his einzig möglichen beweisgrung des daseins gottes chapter seven moreover in the later work he gives us to understand that lambert in his cosmologischen briefen seventeen sixty one tacitly adopted that doctrine from him and these letters at the same time also appeared in french lettres cosmologiques sur la constitution de l'univers we are therefore obliged to assume that laplace knew that kantian doctrine certainly he expounds the matter more thoroughly strikingly and fully and at the same time more simply than kant as is natural from his more profound astronomical knowledge yet in the main it is to be found clearly expressed in kant and on account of the importance of the matter would alone have been sufficient to make his name immortal it cannot but disturb us very much if we find minds of the first order under suspicion of dishonesty which would be a scandal to those of the lowest order for we feel that theft is even more inexcusable in a rich man than in a poor one 
we dare not however be silent for here we are posterity and must be just as we hope that posterity will some day be just to us therefore as a third example i will add to these cases that the fundamental thoughts of the metamorphosis of plants by goethe were already expressed by caspar wolf in seventeen sixty four in his theory of generation page one forty eight two twenty nine two forty three etc indeed is it otherwise with the system of gravitation the discovery of which is on the continent of europe always ascribed to newton while in england the learned at least know very well that it belongs to robert hooke who in the year sixteen sixty six in a communication to the royal society expounds it quite distinctly although only as an hypothesis and without proof the principal passage of this communication is quoted in dugald stewart's philosophy of the human mind and is probably taken for robert hooke's posthumous works the history of the matter and how newton got into difficulty by it is also to be found in the biographie universelle article newton hooke's priority is treated as an established fact in a short history of astronomy quarterly review august eighteen twenty eight further details on this subject are to be found in my parerga volume two section eighty six second edition section eighty eight the story of the fall of an apple is a fable as groundless as it is popular and is quite without authority note two to number eighteen of matter the quantity of a motion quantitas motus already in descartes is the product of the mass into the velocity this law is the basis not only of the doctrine of impact in mechanics but also of that of equilibrium in statics from the force of impact which two bodies with the same velocity exert the relation of their masses to each other may be determined thus of two hammers striking with the same velocity the one which has the greater mass will drive the nail deeper into the wall or the post deeper into the earth for example a hammer weighing six pounds with a velocity equalling six effects as much as a hammer weighing three pounds with a velocity equalling twelve for in both cases the quantity of motion or the momentum equals thirty-six of two balls rolling at the same pace the one which has the greater mass will impel a third ball at rest to a greater distance than the ball of less mass can for the mass of the first multiplied by the same velocity gives a greater quantity of motion or a greater momentum the cannon carries further than the gun because an equal velocity communicated to a much greater mass gives a much greater quantity of motion which resists longer the retarding effect of gravity for the same reason the same arm will throw a lead bullet further than a stone one of equal magnitude or a large stone further than quite a small one and therefore also a case shot does not carry so far as a ball shot the same law lies at the foundation of the theory of the lever and of the balance for here also the smaller mass on the longer arm of the lever or beam of the balance has a greater velocity in falling and multiplied by this it may be equal to or indeed exceed the quantity of motion or the momentum of the greater mass at the shorter arm of the lever in the state of rest brought about by equilibrium this velocity exists merely in intention or virtually potentia not actu but it acts just as well as actu which is very remarkable the following explanation will be more easily understood 
now that these truths have been called to mind the quantity of a given matter can only be estimated in general according to its force and its force can only be known in its expression now when we are considering matter only as regards its quantity not its quality this expression can only be mechanical that is it can only consist in motion which it imparts to other matter for only in motion does the force of matter become so to speak alive hence the expression vis viva for the manifestation of force of matter in motion accordingly the only measure of the quantity of a given matter is the quantity of its motion or its momentum in this however if it is given the quantity of matter still appears in conjunction and amalgamated with its other factor velocity therefore if we want to know the quantity of matter the mass this other factor must be eliminated now the velocity is known directly for it is s over t but the other factor which remains when this is eliminated can always be known only relatively in comparison with other masses which again can only be known themselves by means of the quantity of their motion or their momentum thus in their combination with velocity we must therefore compare one quantity of motion with the other and then subtract the velocity from both in order to see how much each of them owed to its mass this is done by weighing the masses against each other in which that quantity of motion is compared which in each of the two masses calls forth the attractive power of the earth that acts upon both only in proportion to their quantity therefore there are two kinds of weighing either we impart to the two masses to be compared equal velocity in order to find out which of the two now communicates motion to the other thus itself has a greater quantity of motion which since the velocity is the same on both sides is to be ascribed to the other factor of the quantity of motion or the momentum thus to the mass common balance or we weigh by investigating how much more velocity the one mass must receive than the other has in order to be equal to the latter in quantity of motion or momentum and therefore allow no more motion to be communicated to itself by the other for then in proportion as its velocity must exceed that of the other its mass that is the quantity of its matter is less than that of the other steel-yard this estimation of masses by weighing depends upon the favourable circumstance that the moving force in itself acts upon both quite equally and each of the two is in a position to communicate to the other directly its surplus quantity of motion or momentum so that it becomes visible the substance of these doctrines has long ago been expressed by newton and kant but through the connection and the clearness of this exposition i believe i have made it more intelligible so that that insight is possible for all which i regarded as necessary for the justification of proposition number eighteen End of chapter four recording by expatriate in bangor maine